Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome to the Book of Mormon podcast. This discussion is going to be Mosiah chapter 28. We're getting to the end here of Mosiah's record, or of the Book of Mosiah anyway. Verse 1, Now it came to pass that after the sons of Mosiah had done all these things, they took a small number with them and returned to their father, the king, and desired of him that he would grant unto them that they might with these whom they had selected go up to the land of Nephi, that they might preach the things which they had heard, and that they might impart the word of God to their brethren, the Lamanites. The desire to serve and, and the call to serve are not the same. They seek their call from Mosiah, who inquires of the Lord and grants their call to serve. One reason they may have wanted to preach to the Lamanites may be because the religion that Alma and the sons of Mosiah had adopted came from the Lamanites. Knowing the religion of the Lamanites, they may have wanted to show them that even though they once believed as the Lamanites, now they were converted to the truth. Verse 2, that perhaps they might bring them to the knowledge of the Lord their God and convince them of the iniquity of their fathers and that perhaps they might cure them of their hatred towards the Nephites, that they might also be brought to rejoice in the Lord their God, that they might become friendly to one another, and that there should be no more contentions in all the land which the Lord their God had given them. Now they were desirous that salvation should be declared to every creature, for they could not bear that any human soul should perish. Yea, even the very thoughts that any soul should endure endless torment did cause them to quake and tremble. And thus did the Spirit of the Lord work upon them, for they were the very vilest of sinners. And the Lord saw fit in his infinite mercy to spare them. Nevertheless, they suffered much anguish of soul because of their iniquities, suffering much and fearing that they should be cast off forever. And it came to pass that they did plead with their father many days that they might go up to the land of Nephi. It is important to get the king's permission since the action of these boys may have serious implications in the relations between the people of Zarahemla and the surrounding Lamanite cities. The Lamanites might think that they were spies and attack the Nephites. And King Mosiah went and inquired of the Lord if he should let his sons go up among the Lamanites to preach the word. And the Lord said unto Mosiah, Let them go up, for many shall believe on their words, and they shall have eternal life. And I will deliver thy sons out of the hands of the Lamanites. It makes it sound like there may be problems, but that, there be, that they will be delivered eventually. And it came to pass that Mosiah granted that they might go and do according to their request. And they took their journey into the wilderness to go up to preach the word among the Lamanites, and I shall give an account of their proceedings hereafter. That's Mormon's interjection. Now King Mosiah had no one to confer the kingdom upon, for there was not any of his sons who would accept the king of the kingdom. So important was their conversion that they refused the inheritance that they had been trained to accept. Mosiah may have tried other lines of succession, but Mormon did not mention that. Therefore he took the records which were engraven on the plates of brass, and also the plates of Nephi, and all the things which he had kept and preserved according to the commandments of God, after having translated and caused to be written the records which were on the plates of gold, which had been found by the people of Limhi, which were delivered to him by the hand of Limhi. And this he did because of the great anxiety of his people, for they were desirous beyond measure to know concerning those people who had been destroyed. And now he translated them by the means of those two stones which were fastened into the two rims of a bow. Here we have a, a rare description of the Urim and Thummim, literally lights and perfections. 
This must have been the Urim and Thummim given to the brother of Jared. The Urim and Thummim consists of a breastplate to which were attached some sort of metal pieces called silver bows, which positioned the stones before the face of the interpreter. The stones spoken of became like translucent lenses through which the interpreter looked in order to read and translate other languages. The best physical description of a Urim and Thummim is as follows. Two transparent stones set in the rim of a silver bow fastened to a breastplate. Joseph Fielding Smith said, The Lord gave to the brother of Jared the Urim and Thummim, which he brought with him to this continent. These were separate and distinct from the Urim and Thummim had by Abraham and in Israel in the days of Aaron. King Mosiah possessed two stones which were fastened into the two rims of a bow called by the Nephites interpreters, with which he translated the Jaredite record, and these were handed down from generation to generation for the purpose of interpreting languages. How Mosiah came into possession of these two stones, or Urim and Thummim, the record does not tell us, more than to say that it was a gift from God. Mosiah had this gift, or Urim and Thummim, before the people of Limhi discovered the record of Ether. They may have been received when the large stone, uh, if you remember that, uh, was brought to Mosiah with engravings upon it, which he interpreted by the gift and power of God. They may have been given to him or to some other prophet before his day, just as the brother of Jared received them from the Lord. That the Urim and Thummim, or two stones given to the brother of Jared, were those in the possession of Mosiah, appears evident. The account of Mosiah 28.13 speaks of two rims of a bow with two stones, the Urim and Thummim, used to know the mind of the Lord. Uh, Elder Eldred G. Smith, who was the former church patriarch, uh, said, uh, once spoke of Joseph describing the Urim and Thummim as two triangular stones connected by silver bows. The use of these special revelatory stones has been repeated throughout time. It is a characteristic of the house of Israel. And that's by Daniel Rona. It is noted that when the two triangles are put on top of each other, they form the star of David. Uh, very coincidental, I think. Verse 14, now these things were prepared from the beginning and were handed down from generation to generation for the purpose of interpreting languages. And they have been kept and preserved by the hand of the Lord that he should discover to every creature who should possess the land the iniquities and abominations of his people. And whosoever has these things is called seer after the manner of old times. Now, after Mosiah had finished translating these records, behold, it, came, it gave an account of the people who were destroyed from the time that they were destroyed back to the building of the great tower at the time the Lord confounded the language of the people. And they were scattered abroad upon the face of all the earth, yea, and even from the time back until the creation of Adam. Now, this account <clears throat> did cause the people of Mosiah to mourn exceedingly, yea, they were filled with sorrow. Nevertheless, it gave them much knowledge in the which they did rejoice. <clears throat> verse 19 and this account shall be written hereafter the book of ether in other words for behold it is expedient that all people should know the things which are written in this account verse 20 is actually the beginning of a new chapter in the 1830 edition and now as i said unto you that after king mosiah had done all these things he took the plates of brass and all the things which he had kept and conferred them upon alma the records were probably given to Alma to make sure that if there was a rebellion by the people in deciding who should be their next king, that the records would be kept safe. Now remember that Mosiah is pretty old by now, and uh, the government's actually going to change in the next chapter. Who was the son of Alma, yea, all the records and also the interpreters, and conferred them upon him, and commanded him that he should keep and preserve them, and also keep a record of the people, handing them down from one generation to another, even as they had been handed down from the time that Lehi left Jerusalem. 
Notice that he did not confer the Liahona or the sword of Laban, which were traditionally tied to the ruler of the government. Prior to King Benjamin, there had been a separation between the keeper of the records and the keeper of the sword of Laban. Now it appears that it reverts back to that policy. At least Mosiah hangs on to the sword. Joseph Fielding Smith said, in translating this record of Ether, Mosiah kept from going forth to the people that particular part forbidden of the Lord to be revealed until after he was lifted up upon the cross. These sacred revelations given to the brother of Jared were kept from the Nephite people as well as many other things until after the resurrection of Christ. After the appearing of the Savior to the Nephites, the vision of the brother of Jared was revealed to the Nephites. When Moroni made his abridgment of the record of Ether, he copied on his record the vision of the brother of Jared. At the command of the Lord, however, Moroni was also sealed up the greater things in this vision and the interpreters, which were the same two stones had by the brother of Jared, so that the vision, this vision should not be made known even in our day among the Gentiles in the day of their wickedness until the day that they shall repent of their iniquity and become clean before the Lord. So we today do not have the fullness of the account written and sealed up by the brother of Jared and again sealed by Moroni. This part of the record, the prophet Joseph Smith was forbidden to translate. We have then received but the lesser part. Uh, I bear testimony to the truth of these things, that as we uh, eventually, I think one day, we'll get the, the brother of Jared's record, maybe not until the millennium, but uh, someday we'll have the full account and be able to understand and read it. I bear testimony to these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.